0: At Farmers Insurance, we know that a bundle of joy can sound like many different things. But to us, a bundle of joy sounds a little more like this. Because we know when you bundle your home and auto insurance with Farmers, you could save an average of 20%. Really? My bundle of joy just makes a lot of drool. Ah, oh, the joys of parenthood. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers.
1: According 2018, nationwide average savings underwritten by farmers, truck, fire insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
2: Welcome back to Glee on the Rocks. I am Av. I'm Emily. And I'm Mandy. And we're happy to have you here. We uh, This is episode 13 of Glee on the Rocks. We are covering episode 15, The Power of Madonna, also known as Four Fucking Minutes for myself. <laughs> um, so this premiered on April 20th, 2010, and was watched by just shy of like 13 million people. Uh, it also uh, won an Emmy for Outstanding Sound Mixing, so the, yay. But uh, Jane Lynch did also win a Primetime Emmy Award um, based on her performance in this episode. So well done, Jane Lynch.
3: Good for so, her. Good for her.
2: <laughs> uh, this is the, a tribute episode to the artist Madonna. After Sue uses her love and inspiration for Madonna, she begins to train and ask her Cheerios to emulate, to emulate her mr schuster is concerned that the girls in the glee club are being disrespected and bullied by the guys looking at madonna and her musical message of equality as inspiration he challenged the entire team to choose madonna songs as their assignment in the hopes that the girls embrace her strength independence and confidence and that the guys will see the error of their misogynistic ways the glee club takes the assignment to heart as they perform some of madonna's greatest hits This is the first Tribute episode, and it was also written and directed by Ryan Murphy. Ladies, thoughts, opinions?
3: Uh, That's why we're here. Um, Thoughts and opinions, yes. Thoughts. This is an entire episode about teenagers having sex, and it's just a little weird, is my initial... Well, I I guess teenagers and Emma, but yeah. I had just forgotten that that was really the basis of the entire episode. I had just... I I guess I had put it in my memory bank as an episode more about Madonna and less about, like, these 15, 16-year-old kids boning in strangely empty houses.
1: Yeah, it is strange to consider, like, their ages and how very nonchalantly the show is, like, portraying it. I I feel like they were were going for, like, the realistic teenagers have sex thing, which... Yeah, teenagers have sex, but also like mixing it in along with Shu and Emma, and like framing them the exact same way
3: feels a little weird. Yeah, especially in like a virgin where they're dressed the same.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> like,
2: we it, not be thinking about this right now. I feel like okay, Why considering they're like fifteen, it it is kind of creepy. It's weird. Um, but what really bothers me is the way, like you guys say, uh, the comparison with Emma. So many of the parallels that they do with how she dresses, and like a bunch of the the uh, teens are looking to lose their virginity and Emma. So it's only really like paralleling Emma, like alongside teenagers, not necessarily emotionally, you know, what she's going through. I don't, I, in multiple ways, which just makes you look at Shu and go, uh, This is creepy. Yeah. This is really creepy. Ooh, no, 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 no.
3: Yeah. Should we also have the like disclaimer that virginity is a construct and is not a real thing and is made to make women inferior to men and to put power in men's hands over women's bodies that you can somehow change a body by doing something to it? We just have like a standard disclaimer over the podcast about that. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah. FYI virginity <laughs> is a social construct. Like FY, mm-hmm. virginity is a social contract or social construct. It's not a real thing, and this episode does not talk about that in any way, shape, or form. And makes it sound like it's something that you can lose, give, throw away, uh, uh, regret. Like it's a whole thing, and it's wrong. And like this is not a sex ed podcast, and that's not really like our areas of expertise. Other than that, like we're three cisgendered females, and read a book. Yeah. yeah. So, i mean anyway. like
1: honestly glee would have been the perfect show just by like the by what glee tried to portray itself as would have been the perfect show to tell teenagers that
3: yes that is very true yeah 100 percent. and then it did yes
1: no they just kind of fell back onto the the
2: you know boring and very common
1: theme it's a big deal and this you
3: is something only
1: that you'd
3: do like. it with the right person. Uh, yeah, uh-huh.
1: It doesn't mean anything unless you do it with the right person.
3: And uh, was it Rachel's line? Something like that's not what it's like for a girl. Like, ah You could definitely tell that a bunch of men sat in a room once again and wrote this episode just by just by those lines and the mirror, just the facts presented in this episode about the way all girls feel X, Y, and Z and all things are like this like no they're not it would have been so nice to have had like one adult in the room like maybe terry which is weird or one of the other glee club members like mercedes or tina or someone to stand up especially in tina's like feminist rant uh to artie of just including a line about virginity as a social construct and just to put it out on the table
1: if they wanted to leave like rachel's thoughts on it intact because they felt like that was like characteristic of rachel then yeah. santana would have been a great character to be like hey i have lots of sex yeah uh-huh. it's fun like yep yep barring the whole like future lesbian thing um
3: <laughs> right yeah yeah still
1: she could have been a nice sex positive character to be yes. like a counterpoint to rachel's it has to mean something
3: yeah i have to be in love it has to be the right person it has to be the right time and that's something that she carries all the way into um well season three the first which is yeah. even titled the first time yeah and like it's something that like i know that we're getting way ahead of ourselves but like Bert's speech is fantastic yes. but yeah. there are other view and like no like no disrespect ever to Bert's speech it's a great message it's delivered well it is important but also there are other perspectives on sex and nobody really. Well, when you... Santana sometimes offers them up, but in a blase kind of way that is just kind of brushed aside and isn't talked about like it, like it matters.
1: Yeah, I mean Santana's played for a laugh when she talks about having sex a lot. It's like, oh, yeah. promiscuous teenager, haha. But, mm-hmm.
3: When instead, it's more of a woman. Well, you know, she's not, yeah, not yet a woman yet, but you know, a young lady who is more comfortable with herself for whatever reasons than her peers are, and mm-hmm. that's
2: okay yeah it's it's a um when you only show one one side of the one one opinion or one side of the conversation then that means that's the opinion you have and yeah. so Glee's showing showcasing rachel's opinion but like not really delving into anybody else's then that means that's
1: that's the opinion glee has so yeah it makes it look like rachel's opinion is the one they're saying is the right opinion
3: yeah especially because exactly. finn really uh you know, he's not in a scene with her, but Finn really follows the same credo. Like, he's doing the same thing that Rachel is. And, you know, that's fine for them as two people, but it doesn't speak for the entirety of humanity or teenagers or even the Glee Club.
2: And clearly, mm, yeah. This is like clearly not for, for the entire Glee Club.
3: Yeah. Which,
2: I mean, yeah. <sighs> I just also want, want to take this moment to say, Emma, you
3: really shouldn't have sex with Shu. <laughs> For a second i thought you said my name i was like excuse me
1: i mean you I probably shouldn't have her. sex with shoe either
3: i would never also her. please don't have sex with Shu. nobody um, i mean awkwardly enough we're closer in age now oh if you really think about it time is a
2: <laughs> creepy creepy fucker. um but no i anything obviously i'm very very pious as, as we all know but like the way she talks with emma dealing with like her leaving
3: just feels so
2: condescending it's
3: so condescending i don't
2: really care you made out with shelby
3: yeah
2: like last episode because you and we're talking about the like moving too fast and now you're gonna have sex yeah my god
1: Mm. yeah shu being patronizing to women in his like pretense of trying to help them is definitely a theme of the episode
3: Yeah, like, the theme is Uh, supposed to be let's treat women better, but the message is really let's talk down on women and talk about them as if they're not there. Or just
1: invite yourself into their conversations. (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah, Even if they're teenage girls talking about having sex.
3: Yeah. Somebody should have been like, excuse us, this is a private conversation, get the fuck out of here.
2: This entire episode just feels like mansplain of feminism
3: and it did that was a no yeah. i wrote down mansplaining yeah. her i wrote down that he's mansplaining her feelings to her mm-hmm. he and she being sue and emma or i um, and emma of like Shu is telling emma who's the person having those feelings what her feelings are like could you be more of an asshole
2: no he could well <sighs> actually yeah he could. he could i'm sure he could yeah here'll be only a matter of time
3: and like ah, ah at one point someone whose message i can't remember who said it i say that as if i didn't literally just watch this episode about an hour ago and i did <laughs> but <laughs> like the there's a line somewhere from someone of that like the reason not to have sex is if it's not true to yourself that's legit and then right away, Rachel's like, I didn't feel, or was it Rachel or Finn or both or whoever's saying, I didn't feel anything because it didn't mean anything. Oh, it's Finn after saying yeah. And like, you mm-hmm. can't you can't have both. Like, they're not it's it's not about yeah, so back to the, the patriarchal structures of uh, feeling, really what you're supposed to feel about a particular thing like, Finn, did you have a good time? Does it matter? Like, stop being a dick to Rachel and maybe you guys will eventually hook up.
2: Which, I mean, just further, you know, wanting to point out, this episode, I think, is, is sort of a, uh, I, I would say foreshadowing, but, like, I don't really, it's a thing we do. So, yeah. we just sort of get glimpses of how Finn's character, um, especially when it comes to Rachel's relationships, is, is, is very problematic. I mean, when they're not about him. Yeah. Because really, like... It, He's angry and confronting her over, you know, dating Jesse. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he actually confronted her, but, you know, and other, he's confronting, you know, people she's actually dating and, and assaulting them because yeah,
1: he's not he, dating him. I, I feel like all the men in the show, like, briefly turn into, like, that the birds Rights Activist tweet. The, <laughs> I am uncomfortable when we are not about me.
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah, they really are. I was gonna Blaine say something about the Pavarotti web uh twitter <laughs> but I just didn't want to get into it yeah just wasn't gonna go there oh. but yes that's very much <laughs> we're not mm-hmm. talking about me you guys can we bring this back to me said all of the male glee club members always
1: yeah even and I hate to say it even already in this episode
3: oh yeah this was our mm-hmm. first man Artie's said dick to women yeah yeah damn bro Here's the thing, though, you (laughs) never see them in a relationship, which happens to a lot of the characters on the show and happens on TV everywhere. But you don't actually see Tina and Artie like on a date or having a discussion about something other than the Glee Club or sitting watching a movie or reading a book or studying or going to class or doing anything that would suggest that they spend more than five minutes together. And suddenly we're given this whole Artie tells me how to dress when we go on a date. Artie tells me how to talk. Artie tells me what to do with my hair. Artie tells me not to be a goth. Like, where did this all come from? Like, I believe it. He's a guy, so fuck him. Yeah. But, like, where did it come from?
1: I mean, yeah, Glee was not developing side characters. They were just, like, pulling them out, you know, when they needed a prop for the A-plot.
3: Yeah. We need another example of a dick bad guy. Like, we... They're all.
1: So that's you this week, Artie.
3: Yeah. And then I... Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like that, um mike chang and uh rutherford got grouped into the we've all been treating the women badly as if they have a line or a subplot or anything to do in any episode ever i kind of wanted them to be in the background like us we don't even go here we don't,
2: um yeah I, I do also think it's interesting um already tells me not you know how to dress not to be a goth doesn't tina change her entire aesthetic in season two she will yes yeah uh-huh so i mean i'm just like to point out apparently it took tina apparently you listened yeah i
3: don't know that's good <laughs> thing. is she still dating Artie at that point though i forget i don't is remember because yeah, I, I forget when she moves on to mike mike chang other asian Tina cohen watching chang
2: watching like the virgin song was uncomfortable
3: oh it's the worst
2: i mean <sighs> so much uncomfortableness i just very very uncomfortable watching it
3: also that song is not about a virgin which is not a real thing anyway. But the song is not about having sex for the first time. It's about feeling like you are because of this new person. Not, not that that's important. I get why they used it. But I just, it was so awkward. True. I just It's hard to separate. It, it's hard to look at them and not be like, you're playing teenagers. I don't want to see this. Knowing that they're all in their 20s. Yeah. I, by
1: season
2: three... I'm 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 cool with you know seeing the maturing of relationships um with these characters but like season one just feels very awkward because yeah because yeah, cause yeah they're 20s but they're not playing 20s they're not
3: playing They're not 20s. even playing
2: no, yeah they're, they're not, not playing even
3: 18 yeah well they're so, sophomores so they've got to be around 16. I always thought they were closer 15 but I guess it depends on your birthday. Oh, I'm a 15 year old sophomore, but I have a late birthday. <sighs> so, creepy, creepy sex slide uh-huh. aside. Um, uh-huh. Why? Which, oh, again, it's what? Sue telling a teenager kind of to go have sex with another teenager, right? Yeah. She tells them yeah. that if, if you break this up, if you get him to like, like, it, she's kind of directing yeah. one kid to go have sex with another kid to I stay mean, on a like, sports team. team.
1: I mean, this and is in general like not the best couple of episodes for Sue being a like sympathetic character because she the episode does start out again referencing the the whole date rape situation.
3: I know. I was I actually had not remembered that they brought it up again. They like, really were not ashamed of that. Yeah. <laughs> no, they were like, "Oh, it's fine." Like, "Oh, you you had to mention. Okay, cool. We weren't just going to forget that you did this. Couldn't just cool. move on." Yeah. Shit. bags. Anyway, you were moving us on to a new topic.
2: The um Quinn's sudden uh, embrace of of the fem- feminist manifesto that she will forget later,
3: <laughs> right? That, that she'll is, immediately that forget.
2: That they will all immediately forget because you know feminism is in in fighting misogyny is like a a topic like a different topic for each episode, so it doesn't really it doesn't really stay. Yeah, but, that was her after school
3: special moment.
2: But it frustrates me because I feel like that would be like. It works for her character it works for what happened in her past having some stuff change her perspective Mm -hmm. and honestly having her push you know kind of go that route being like a a super you know feminist one we don't have that on the show that'd be very nice to have that voice but you know you can see it with with what we know of her later and later seasons, I'm like, no, no, that 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 totally makes sense for her characterization. I like the idea of the traditional blonde cheerleader becoming the uh, the voice for for you know for women and and starting to be and be that person. Too bad you guys can't stick with it, but um,
3: for yeah. the moment,
2: I'm enjoying. It. I would like, I would like, I wish it stayed.
3: It definitely makes sense for her because she is the one who has the biggest consequence of action right now i mean absolutely it's not like nobody nobody else has suffered or or had a consequence like she has and that she is pregnant in high school her family has disowned her she there's a lot that has happened to her and a lot and it's all based around sex relationships not understanding being sex or, or being a woman like this. N- this is not going to happen to any of those guys in the glee club. So yeah, it, no. it, and yeah, for her to change her perspective to grow as a human as she is growing a human, it, it makes sense. And it's I yes, I wish it had just stuck and that she just gets more and more uh, of her own power and she just doesn't really.
2: She doesn't, and that's that's. I, that is something sad. I think that they they just they did not whether they tried and they just weren't able to like get you know like fully grasp it or they just didn't even try. Mm-hmm. Not entirely sure, but yeah, it it, it saddens me because that that I think would have been a great direction to see Quin go. But uh, yeah. we'll enjoy it in, the, in the brief moments that we get it.
3: <laughs> this one shining time. moment. Exactly.
2: Exactly. So then. Uh, I have to say, the there were so many for for previous episodes having so few songs that I actually I like this song. Really like this like this one had, had had a lot of good songs. Um, some of them I really didn't like. Um, some of them I really liked. But there were songs. I don't know that all of them fit the story. Like progressed to the storyline, right, But they yeah. were there, and they are. They somehow they did work. I don't know that they always, you know, like I, I adore four minutes, but I don't think it moved the storyline any. No, I, I don't know that it needed yeah. to because it's amazing, but like it didn't.
3: No, but you know, they could have used, so they could have done that exact scene, right? Like the, re, like Curtin Mercedes leaving, or not leaving, but also joining the Cheerios because they want to feel important and they want to feel listened to and heard and seen and then they could have used a song that's had a message of that that wasn't four minutes. Um, I mean, apparently Donna
2: gave her, ent- her entire, you know, catalog
1: uh, to pull songs
3: Yeah.
2: From. So I'm trying to think hadn't...
3: of a song that, well, like, maybe how... celebration?
1: Yeah, I wonder how mm. much of it is, like, finding the balance between what vocally, like, showed off Chris and mm. um, Amber. And what they were capable of versus the message. Because I definitely got the feeling that song was picked more for, like, the sound and less for the meaning.
2: Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Which, speaking of, can we can we talk about how how good of a song it was? Because um, I really enjoy that song. Because it is the first time I looked at Chris Golfer in season one and went, wow, I don't feel bad for, for finding <laughs> him, like, attractive later. I'm okay Absolutely. with it right now because... He looked and sounded really good in this song. Now, later in the episode, I, I again started to feel bad again because he looks twelve again. But
3: yeah, like in the a song, lot of it, has I, to do if they swoop his hair down over his forehead or not.
1: Yeah, it's that's exactly. amazing how how much of a difference that makes.
3: Yeah, because as soon as the hair is like down and floppy over his face, you're like, ah, you're twelve. And then if they just kind of push that but shit says, back and, and ruffle it up a bit,
2: as they do, CW floof like in a swoop.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as you get the CW hair, then you look a little more grown.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, also why why did did Mercedes and Kurt
3: just
1: not stay on the Cheerios?
3: I know. Like, it's another one of, I know.
1: You have to I mean the yeah. same reason Kurt didn't stay on the football team. It was only a plot they needed for one episode and then it was forgotten entirely.
3: Which is like a shame because okay. there's a whole world of things that you could do. Because it's not like the Cheerios never have another performance. They take up airtime all the time, right? So they would have still had to... They still would have had these great big fun performances. And then down the line, you get to build up tension of... We're getting closer to regionals, right? We're getting closer to regionals. And we're getting close to like a national cheerleading championship. Whatever the fuck it is they do. And which they can only go to one. Or they don't have enough time to practice for both. And one... They're both... Uh, failing on both sides because they're being stretched in too many directions and they also have school and they have finals and midterms and uh, everything's coming down and you yeah. get to have some really great season-long tension and arc and building and then it just doesn't fucking matter because it's glee
2: but i mean and it's not even like they don't have glee characters that are also in the cheerios like yeah half do. of the cheerios are Glee. Members. yeah so it's like clearly you you like you could just add kirk in mercedes and just and be like cool right it show the glee i mean not going to show all of the the cheerio practices but maybe like once or twice every couple episodes just like a flash of something literally you could have just fucking done that and it's and fine I Just for like
3: finn and puck and the rest of them to be on the football team and the glee club at the same time but not the cheerios
2: I know. It makes me sad. Yeah. And and I appreciate every single fic writer who just keeps Kurt on the cheery <laughs> spot. Thank you guys. Yeah. You are my real heroes.
3: Yep. Uh continuing down the the song. Uh Vogue. 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 I liked Vogue, but I that was one I actually remembered a lot more. Yeah. I think because it gets used and you see it more and it it's not <sighs> Iconic is such a dumb word, but it's so stylized and specific that it just stands out. And I think it's great.
2: It's very stylized, but it also, I don't like it. Well, I don't like it in the show. I like it, like, in a stylistic sense.
3: Mm.
2: But, like, it just feels very weird for Sue. Oh, that she
3: would be a part of it? Yeah, I get that.
2: Yeah. She would be a part of it, that she'd like, that she would have any sort of, like, um, what wasn't it that she really wanted to like? She coveted like um, uh, uh, she, the fact that you would covet anything of Sue, and then his hair, and you make fun of his hair all the time, mm-hmm. whether that's from a from a source of of because that's what you want. I don't know. It just it felt very weird to me, and I just it still does, and it just feels disconcerting, and I I just so I'm like ah.
3: Yeah, it is a question of like why would Sue ever let. Kurt and Mercedes film a music video with her. Like, why would she? Is her love for Madonna enough to overcome her hatred of them? And like, but I at the same time I love the Sue Kurt pairing, not like a relationship mm-hmm. pairing, but just like a a character pairing, a g- a Gen character pairing. When they're in scenes together, they work really well together. Chris and um, Jane Lynch seem to have a pretty good on-screen chemistry that. The back and forth, the zingers, the wit, the little snark, and then later on some mutual admiration—like it's something that I would have liked a lot more of. Um, yes, in the show, had it gone in that direction.
2: Another reason why Kurt should have stayed on the Cheerios. Uh, yeah. Sue and Kurt have a interacting is always a lot of fun. Their chemistry is, is quite quite good, and I enjoy. Yeah, the back and forths. That well, that being said, they are, they are, uh, are the Emmy
3: winners. Exactly. Oh no, Golden Globe? Sorry, Chris has a Golden Globe, right? He does have a, Yeah, yeah. Not an well, Emmy.
2: They, they are, but I think yeah, I think he just has a golden uh, Golden Globe winning. Yeah, I think it's. Golden Globe. <laughs> I
3: like I liked how you,
2: how you said that. Uh,
3: <laughs> I think it is a golden no, Globe.
2: No, no, no reference as to where that came from. Definitely anyway, a nominee.
3: Um, But yes, I got you. Okay, and but yes, I get your point Um, or my point. That being said, um, I don't know that I would trust
2: Kurt and Mercedes to also be in charge of a makeover. I don't know if I would be trusting teenagers to be in charge of a makeover for me as an adult.
3: Oh no, Mm -mm.
2: like let alone filming the music video, but also like in charge of the makeover. I'm just like that's yeah. It brings up more adults making questionable decisions regarding teenagers.
3: Yeah, you know, there's just you know, just trying to like think ahead. Does Sue trying to? I think I'm crossing some of my character arcs with like Shannon Beast. Mm-hmm. But uh-huh. does Sue does Sue have some episodes where she feels, uh, you know, her lack of femininity, or is that only Beast? I think I'm trying she to, does too, doesn't she? I feel like she does. I feel like especially with that newscaster Rod or yeah, whatever the fuck his name
1: is, the, the um, weird the weird romance storyline they tried. to Yeah.
3: Like there's something, uh, there are some hints in her character that maybe somewhere in her psyche she feels like her jumpsuit or her tracksuit and her shorter haircut is like a mask and armor and whatever. And that I just, I can't remember if that comes up or if I'm remembering thick <laughs> or wherever the hell that comes from. But there is, you know, there's fodder there for uh, an older woman, even though she says she's 29 Working as a gym coach in a high school, surrounded by teenagers, trying to feel like somebody else for once, because her mm-hmm. character is visually represented by the same thing every time we see her. Right, like the Glee, the Glee kids wear the same or different outfits every fucking scene. Like you never see them repeating clothes. And yeah. even Schuster seems to have an unending supply of different ties and vests. And Sue wears her red tracksuit a good chunk of the series and if it's not red it's another color and the only one i would say
2: cheerios they they do not wear uh, different outfits
3: for but they they are little like mini representations of her like they're the her little uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know she's like the mothership they're her little baby ships <laughs> so they represent her but i guess no, i was, agree i guess the only thing i'm trying to say is like there could have been an interesting story although it is a storyline that like puts uh, like a tag and a price on femininity and masculinity as two different things and not that it's like a wide spectrum of clothing and hairstyles and all yeah. that kind of like gender specific things that I really fucking hate <laughs> of like mm-hmm. well if only she would wear a dress and long hair she'd be different like yes, yeah, she would be but that is not who she is but the point being in this ramble I haven't even been drinking today That's um there could have been something kind of interesting with this makeover. And why was she suddenly interested in their help when she seems to hate them? And was it her moment to feel like somebody else for a change because of whatever circumstances in her life that brought her to that moment? And I'm going to stop now.
1: I mean, like, I get the point you're making, though. And I think it falls under the long list of things I wish Glee had done because they would have been more interesting than what Glee chose to do.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's more of it's a wouldn't that have been interesting if... Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I also I do
0: like, worry
2: that it would not have been realized the way that you're saying yeah, it. But no. yes. well, yeah, of course not
3: because please, But yes,
1: I also feel like since they made Sue loving Madonna at such a point of this episode, um, it it actually would have been interesting if like uh, Sue had expressed some opinions on
3: <laughs> Madonna. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Like if if Sue had not. Not expressed opinions on teenager sex life, but if somehow they had tied her as like a more fully developed three-dimensional person into the episode. Yes.
2: I'd like to Sue be the one to say, uh virginity is a social construct and I do not I do not adhere to social constructs.
1: Yeah, I mean something like that. Like
3: I feel like Sue would have said that she had her virginity removed. <laughs> yeah.
1: I... Yeah. I... Yeah. Yeah.
3: She You're had somebody... it re- she had it removed in like Eastern Berlin during the fall of communism.
2: Sue Sylvester surprise Hedwig.
3: (laughs) (sighs) I would watch that. I actually would too. Yeah, not Jane Lynch as Hedwig, but Sue Sylvester Sylvester as as Hedwig. As Sue Sylvester (laughs) as Hedwig. (laughs)
2: Uh
3: huh. Absolutely. Oh
2: my god. Speaking
3: audience. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she was like. She would like car wash sh- shoe, just because.
2: Just for reasons, <laughs> just to do it. Oh man. Oh right. my god.
3: <sighs> well, um, there's a lot of characters
2: I can see. Hmm.
3: <laughs> Interesting. We get uh, Jesse at McKinley now. Jesse St. James has yes, and has my, arrived. My biggest that I wrote,
2: which is, can no one date somebody at another school? Do we all have to fucking transfer also? Ryan Murphy, do you know how hard schools? Yeah. Do you you
3: just, like do it on a whim. You think you just fill out some paperwork and suddenly you get to go to a new school?
2: If it's a public school, that shit is hard cuz you had to like live in the district, man.
3: Well, but if it did say that it's a
2: private school, you've
3: got a lot of money. Yeah, they did say that Jesse moved in with his uncle yeah. to be able to transfer, yeah. which is the only vaguely realistic part, but it's also like the middle of the year.
1: I feel like that's uh-huh. a sign that this is still season one because by the time Blaine transferred it was just like, fuck it, he's here now.
3: I know, he's like, oh, he just up. A,
1: he was at a school an hour and a half away, now he's here.
3: Yeah. Where does he even live? Does Where he not commute, sure, like, three hours? Uh, that's that's a Blaine question for later, we can't get into yeah. that because I'll never stop. But yeah, like, mm-hmm. he just shows up, and I get that it's a ploy to continue to fuck with Rachel, but Yes. Like, there is there you, is more to it. Yeah. When you're like, it's just maybe okay this is just projecting because it would have been a better story for and blaine if blaine hadn't transferred to mckinley when he did because that like ruined so much of the delicious fun that it could have been so I'm, i'm kind of feeling the same with uh jesse and rachel even though i know it's not a real relationship like i know that he's doing this to fuck with her and yet my brain is still like oh but it's a better story if he's at a rival school and and a rival glee club and they don't get to see each other that much but they Big time, uh, whatever. no. It it, there,
2: there, uh, a thousand percent. There is some. Uh, so what I want here, uh, I'm, I'm putting, I'm placing some thoughts and feelings I have about Blaine's transfer w- on Jesse's transfer. <laughs> yeah, basically, and I do, I do uh, know that. So part yeah. of me is like, okay, this is a different situation c- because Jesse's doing a different thing. He's not transferring because he wants to be with Rachel. Literally. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing it for other reasons but yeah it still just frustrates me and angers mm-hmm. me and makes me go you don't have to be at the same school you literally can do can can date and be like in other schools also yeah. you guys aren't as far away as Dalton and <laughs> and McKinley, so light. Mm-hmm. like you could make this work I don't understand so yeah I, I keep overthinking this and it upset me in ways I really didn't need to be
3: upset I am it angry about this
2: yeah, like I I'm like you're missing you're missing the important points of this episode and focusing on like a ridiculous point.
3: So, yeah, but sorry. it's <sighs> it's not ridiculous when it feeds into the whole glee problem, right? Of doing the easiest way the, simultaneously the easiest and the hardest ways to get to everything. So, you know, okay. they they realized with Blaine and Kurt that they had a great relationship for the screen. And instead of taking the time to see them date at different schools and have to spend that time apart and how often you get to see each other and different schedules, they just <laughs> he goes to the school. And now all of that beautiful dramatic tension and possible substories and subplots and C plots and Z plots are just gone. So it it's the quickest way to us a, like a thing but it's also the least interesting way to a thing. And they do it with so many of the characters and so many of the plot lines. Like fucking Rachel not getting into Nyata is super interesting because she's such a type A that to fail at this thing is really meaningful. And yet she still fucking gets in And it because they have to keep all their characters in the same space. They can't, they really seem like, especially with this Jesse thing, like they can't have their main characters in different spaces. It's like, they don't trust themselves to be able to, to write that. And I, I get it. Cause they can't, but
2: yeah. Honestly, <laughs> so, to be fair, I don't either. So I, mean, I know I but like, that's where the
3: good story is. And they just don't give themselves the chance to do it. And it makes me sad.
2: Part of me also thinks that they, they do actually now in later seasons, I can understand um, to some degree, of we don't have the time to develop Blaine at Dalton with characters there because we've developed characters, however good or bad we haven't, um, you know, here at, here at McKinley.
3: And we, I don't want got... that show. <laughs> I only want Blaine.
2: Exactly. So I, I to, like, in, in why maybe in season three, we were like, we don't have the time to devote to spending a quarter of our of our of our filming at a different location with a whole new set of characters when we've already got a fairly large ensemble cast but you know so, it actually wouldn't have taken get... that
3: much because they made they made um uh sets for in like in between sets like um scandals or the lima bean where you've got a place that people can meet that's off outside of well, McKinley yeah,
2: I can... I I can buy that argument a little bit more for season three when you when they have developed some of the McKinley characters a bit more and wanting to be like cool we want to be able to put more emphasis on that I I still ultimately agree with you so I'm like this isn't me saying no I I disagree How but like dare you because <laughs> we never disagree on anything
1: oh I'm gonna no eat subject.
3: some pineapple pizza in your honor
1: <laughs> thanks
3: oh, I haven't yeah. forgotten about it yeah
1: you're playing birdie.
3: Actually, I'm not, because I had funnel cake today, and I really shouldn't add cheese on top of that, so I'm going to be digesting this <laughs> for a week.
1: Uh,
2: the fun of of, as they, of getting old, but also just various other food-related issues. Oh, no, I
3: know. It's Ugh. terrible. Yeah. They had ice but, cream, uh, and I, I just huh? cried a little bit. That's more than people huh? need to know. It's fine.
2: In season one, like, <laughs> they're bar- Obviously, they're barely... Um, giving any backstory in most of the extra ensemble like where where are, where are Tina and Artie going on their date as, as you got you know as, as we've been talking about, like we don't know. what happens what happens to Mike as you know he goes to you know be the third rate uh, mutant? I haven't forgot that either um, <laughs> on his you know when he's not singing and dancing. Like we don't get to fucking see it. Yeah. So, like we have nothing on in most of these ensemble characters you could have built um, more with Jesse at a different school. I get oh, yeah. that that's not the storyline they were going for, but, like, you you have the time and space here. Yeah. I get more of the argument you may not have in season three. I disagree with that argument, but I do understand that one a bit more. Um, there's no excuse yeah. in my
3: opinion. I mean, I, I get that they want to put Finn and Jesse in the same room and have it all it's blow up out. and be dramatic and...
2: Literally, Whatever. they can have a Sharks versus Jets showdown, vocal adrenaline, via, you know, against up. New Direction outside somewhere. And why the fuck we didn't get that with Finn versus Jesse, I don't fucking know. Because that would have been funny. Mm.
3: Yeah, like a, a pitch perfect sing <laughs> yeah, off.
2: Yeah, pitch perfect sing off. I'm seeing, like, literally, uh, when you're a New Direction, you're a New Direction all the way.
3: <laughs> when you're in a New Direction. That would have been. I, the, the, that that, that
2: name's yeah it doesn't but, really yeah. fit the
3: rhyme scheme or the the rhythm pattern but it's fine i'll take it
2: yeah exactly so i clearly clearly you know editing music is easy and I'm totally <laughs>
3: my future. i mean the glee club does it on a snap what was it uh rachel busted into express yourself as if everyone had practiced that for six years
1: and yet, when they needed a new set at, like, sectionals or whatever it I was. I know.
3: They had to go to the old songs as I, if they couldn't yeah. just learn something immediately. As they've shown I them do went. over and over and over.
1: I know.
2: I know. It's Like, clearly you guys have a, a quite a bit of, uh, quite a bit of, yeah, of uh, God damn words.
3: Um. ability
2: of, of learning, you know, snap choreography just, like, on the yeah. fly. But no.
3: Speaking of sharks and the jet, snap choreography. Ah, it's a, ah! It's a visual pun. And <laughs> this a is why they don't let me outside. Uh, Oddly enough, that's the song that has stuck in my head. Is "Express Yourself," and
2: <laughs> it, it does have uh, a hook to it. So it does.
3: I liked it. I mean, if we were, you know, going back to just actually talking about the songs, I, I kind of liked it. It was fun. Uh, the choreography was fun. It was nice just to see the girls dancing together. Uh, mm-hmm. I mentioned like pre-show that I love that for once Mercedes is wearing the same thing as everybody else. She is mm-hmm. also in a bustier. It's not like they're all naked and she's covered up the way Buster Your Windows is. So, yeah. thank you for putting her in a shiny, cheap-looking bustier like everybody else.
2: Um, I like that. I mean, you you have a lot of people that are singing in this episode that you don't normally see singing kurt and mercedes both have like they have four minutes and then they have don't they they have like a solo or something in in the song at the end
3: yeah Um, and um like a prayer they have chris using his um kind of the full extent of his range for once because he doesn't really hit those notes again and it sounds so nice
2: I, yes. I, you, so basically, he you, he goes from like the lower register in four minutes to like the higher register and yeah. like a prayer. So you, like, as a as a Chris and Kurt fan, I was very happy this this episode. Also with him being excited and and clapping very happily after mm-hmm. express
3: yourself.
1: Yeah.
3: The yeah. only
2: guy who did. Um, Sue sings, Emma sings. So i very. I mean, like, kind of. So. We we do have a we do have like a, a more of a variety which I thought was was really nice after getting a lot of a lot of Rachel mm-hmm. a lot of Rachel
3: oh yeah it, Yes, and it was nice to get a, a change there
2: and apparently Tina was supposed to have a song but um, I guess it didn't end up happening I was, I would, earlier I was looking at I was reading the trivia I guess Ryan said Tina was supposed to have a mashup of Justify My Love and Erotica. But it did not huh. make the final cut, which makes me sad because that would have been an interesting mashup. Like, yeah. okay, I would have, I would have enjoyed hearing, hearing, uh, sing that. And, um, this is the first episode, episode where Santana sang. Yeah, my babe. Super surprising, but like, goddamn, here for Santana singing. I didn't realize she this does the not. the first episode. Yeah, she definitely doesn't get enough to do early on. Yeah. And obviously the first time Sue sings, but I don't think that's surprising for, for that. Cause I don't, she doesn't no. really, but um, it is surprising. It's the first time to get, have, you know, Santana kind of having that singled out mm-hmm. and it needs, uh, needs to have happened more because she's clearly amazing.
3: Yep. Yeah, she is. Uh,
2: another, another fun note. Uh, Chris Colfer said that this was the uh, episode. This episode was the cast's favorite to, um, I don't know if it's favorite to film or just favorite in general, but I guess it was also the hardest to work on. There is no, there are, there are no context for like what part of it was the hardest or what part they liked about it, but there you go.
0: it was, I pretty if it was to choreography. It. Yeah.
1: Okay.
3: yeah, yeah, there was a lot of choreography. It's true. And I bet the sure that a lot to... hard to film because it actually took, it looks like a music video. Mm-hmm. Okay, so looking at this, um, I'm I'm
2: looking at Glee Wakia, by the way. Shout out to them because we continue to use them a lot. Keep
0: um, doing what you're so, doing,
2: y'all. So not including background songs, mm. uh, this had this had eight songs. Oh. Um, hm. previously, Hello had six. Yeah. And then before that, we
3: had four. You know, it's a lot of songs, and you know they. I'm sure we had three. I would love to know what the real process of recording these songs were for the cast, because obviously they're not—they don't have to write the arrangements. They're not doing a lot of the background vocals. There's a lot they're not involved in. But I Uh wonder—I wonder what the real process. Because again, if Glee had ever done some real behind-the-scenes shit and actually showed like a day in the life of Glee, it would have been really cool. But they didn't because they suck. But you know seeing what the what it took to record these songs and then do they have do they have an hour to get it to get their part right because obviously the sound mixers loop everything together and it's not like they're standing in a room singing together but Mm -hmm. do they do they have to get their part down in half an hour did they have three hours did they have all day like did they just have to go in lay down a track and run to the next setup or did they have enough time is that is doing eight songs a lot harder because they didn't have the time to to learn it. Like, tell me, give me the real gossip, y'all.
2: But yeah. Apparently the, I mean, this, <laughs> every, every other episode there was only a couple that had six songs. So this was by and large the the largest number, the most songs they had. And they had like four other, we had other background songs, but they obviously weren't mm-hmm. like, sung. There was the, the ray of light, which Cheers were dancing to. Um, there's a couple of songs that were playing in the episode, but they weren't like songs that they had to do a lot of choreography to. But yeah, considering what they might have had to do to get all of these songs to get the choreography. Um, okay. Chris, let's see, Chris was in like, then four minutes Vogue, like a prayer. Uh, and what it feels like for a girl. Uh, Some of the girls would have been in uh, Express Yourself. um, Express Yourself. Might have been in Like a Virgin, Like a Prayer. So many of them were in multiple songs. So yeah, yeah, it makes sense. That that could be why it was was as difficult to film. Um, And interestingly, I feel like this is what, this felt more like a later Glee episode with like all of the music.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: at least for, whereas in where many of the previous episodes felt like oh there wasn't a lot of music in this one this felt yeah. normal
3: yeah this felt like what we're used to for later seasons
1: is that like, yeah, too like bad. is that a nice thing or not Because i feel like they definitely start sacrificing like yeah. clarity of story just to cram songs in
3: yeah i mean it it really depends on the episode right like some definitely that they sacrifice the story for the songs and because I think we talked about it in one of the earlier episodes of needing to sell the records to make money and the you know Mm -hmm. that they're making so much money off their songs they start recording more songs and then they have less time for plot and all that so while it feels like an episode that we're more used to because there are however many more seasons that are packed with songs then yes what we're used to is less story yeah and is that good or bad? It's probably not good.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go on the side of it's not good. Yeah.
3: I will say um,
2: where we were at the beginning and then where we were at the end was essentially cool. Um, the only difference is Jesse is at McKinley now. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesse's at McKinley and Finn had sex with yes. Santana. Yes, that
3: is. That's the extent. And you know what? Finn and Santana did not have the safe sex talk. We have to wait all the way to season three for that. Yeah. So why isn't Santana knocked up? Do they have a condom? Did she have a, like, is she on birth control? We don't know. She doesn't need birth control. We don't know, but I
2: I would go on, I, well, yeah, true. I mean, I'm
3: going to assume she's on birth control because she is more sexually active than the other ones. And I am hoping that she's smart about it. We don't know. They didn't have the talk. No, they didn't have the talk. They just had had a song. They, they didn't sing about their condoms and I feel like that was a missed opportunity
2: and more to the point um I'm pretty sure she and Jesse did it as uh Jessie literally says to her and this is one of my favorite lines come out so we can talk about talk or sing about it and it's just more yeah. proof to me that I'm like hey, Rachel Jesse is really who you should have been been with the entire time she I knows. know I know right now in season one, we're going for like, there, there's another plot going on here with Jesse, but like, guys, no, like you mm-hmm. could have kept this going longer and there's like way more here that you could have dealt with and it would have been really interesting. Mm-hmm. Who they
3: could have had it all. Uh, I won't go there. We went there last week. We did. And we'll continue to go there, God damn it, because the show continues to let us down and we're not going to let it forget about it we're Harris not gonna let it Murphy we're gonna keep telling you what you did wrong because you mm. care with your seven shows on network tv right now you give a shit to what the three of us have to say about your syndicated fox show Absolutely. I don't even know that's syndicated do they run glee reruns anywhere I don't know I don't
1: think, I think it don't is think it's yeah syndicated.
3: Well then you're not getting even your syndication royalties, so fuck you, you two hundred and fifty million dollar Netflix bastard. Oh, yeah. Have to I hire think.
2: me. By the way, Ryan Murphy, if you would like to have like fighting <laughs> perspective on things.
3: Sure, yeah. I'll be, phone be lines are
2: open.
1: Like we, we can phone be are, are we open. have a price.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even need the full two hundred and fifty million, it's fine. Take a percent of that, that's cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just just,
3: just reach out. Just just reach out. Uh, you know, hit us up on Tumblr. I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, <laughs> iTunes. Podbean, if you're mm-hmm. into those other podcasts. I'm sure you have a lot of time to listen to podcasts with your 12 TV shows at once that you only pay attention Do to for a certain time. I was going
1: to say, it's not like he's busy writing them.
3: <laughs> no, he's not. Uh, Who fucking shit? Anyway, if you could write some more episodes of um, the Nine One One show, that would be great because I like it. You just killed it. Sorry. Sorry, anyway. Jennifer. New season, Jennifer.
2: Isn't it Jennifer Love? Jennifer Love something or other. That that's oh, in that. Oh, that she's joining.
3: Well, she's gonna join it. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: Yes. I, I felt bad for her. I wanted her to. I, I was excited that she got another show. So yeah. I feel bad that it's now going to you know die in a tire fire.
3: Yeah, she's sorry. joining because mm-hmm. Connie Brighton Britain is um, leaving. Mm, gotcha. Look, I like medical shows, so sue me. <sighs> I
2: I I cannot watch them. So it's somebody all needs I watch.
3: to. That and murder mysteries.
2: Those I don't mind.
3: Murdered I'm sorry. I'm Thomas. now
2: imagining the uh, doctor show, and it's oh. just it's in my head. It is just Cooper Anderson <laughs> pointing. I have various nurses,
3: <laughs> nurse, hand me that.
2: Just very
3: dramatic. I need five seasons. Man in a the- box, dead. dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Actually, random thought: I would love to have had an episode, or hate. I'd probably end up hating it because it's Glee. But where some of them go to an escape room and have to escape, <laughs> like it would be a bottle episode, you know, or an elevator episode, where they're just all in an escape room for twenty-two minutes. I mean, that, we're, looking,
2: we're doing a bottle <laughs> episode.
3: Yeah, a bottle episode of them escaping uh, escape room.
2: Oh, man, lock the door. That's it.
3: It's You know, you're going to have All two right. characters who've been fighting or in the midst of a breakup, and now they're stuck in a room together. And then, you know. Okay,
2: so ultimately, if we they did that, what would end up getting, like, Finn and Rachel in the middle of an off. But let's pretend, like, the sky's the limit. What's the... What, what are the... What are the four people you would want to see in an escape room? Two of them would have to be, like, innocent bystanders
3: who just, like, roped into this. Maybe
2: it doesn't have to be, but, like, who are the four you would want to see in that?
3: Is it only four people who can go into an escape room?
2: I think you can have any number of people. Oh, okay. I've actually been in one. I just picked four, randomly.
3: Um, I'm gonna... I'm gonna say that Artie (laughs) is not in the escape room because I bet they're not ADA compliant.
1: Oh, that makes sense.
3: Um... I'm gonna say, I. I mean, I want more. I want most of them in the escape room. What, what season? What all, season are we thinking? Any.
1: Well, I want I'm going
3: to take I want practice. Blaine in the escape room. Okay. I don't want Puck in the escape room because I don't want him locked in a room with other people. Yeah. <laughs> Give me an escape room. I before. want. I want Santana and Brittany in it because Brittany would have no idea what's going on, and Santana would just be there with the quips.
1: Brittany would have, like, no idea what's going on. Brittany
3: would be really good at it. She would, like, accidentally solve
1: it. She'd be like, oh, yeah, no, it's, like, the answer's right there.
3: Uh, I don't think Kurt would go into an escape room. Like, I just don't think he'd do, and I think Blaine would go, but I think Kurt would be like, fuck all of you, I'm not going in there. It smells. Um, I don't think Mercedes would go in, because she knows that no one would listen to her. Like, she would also have opinions on how to get out of it, and people would just be like, we're not listening. Obviously, yeah. Rachel would go in because she would refuse to be left behind. Correct. Quinn probably would not give a shit. Tina would probably go. And Mike Chang would dance his way out with his uh, third rate mutant powers. Yes.
2: That's how they would get out.
3: And she was also not allowed in a small room with people.
2: So, Rachel. I've forgotten what I, forgot uh, who I Mike,
3: said, so I hope someone was listening. Yeah.
1: Blaine. I mean, I think it would right, turn right. out that Sue secretly designs the escape rooms in her free time. Yes. <laughs> so, like, that's how she'd come into it. She's just, like, sitting outside watching, like, them on the camera. own oh, it, yes. 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 I love
3: it. She I mean, she did do the, was- the elevator with the little robot guy. Yeah.
1: That was okay, just okay. a projected okay. idea from an escape
2: room.
3: Yeah. Yes. huh. Uh-huh.
2: Sue owns it.
3: Sue does
2: not know this and decides, guys, this is a team building event. And right. Sue, being a maximon that she is, separates. Shu, ends up. Shu and Puck, and maybe some a random person. I don't know because we don't care. And um, Kurt and Mercedes like get like, and maybe a few other people get this like really easy one where there's like a key on the table, and they just, <laughs> right. like. And then like everybody else gets stuck in like this this one where it's very difficult to get out of, and and Kurt and Mercedes have left and gone to like a day spa. Because he'd been watching, waiting for Blaine to get out, and he's just like, it's not... Yeah. He's like, this is too long. Right, let's go get a coffee.
1: We're, We're just, just writing the fanfic now.
2: Yeah. Meanwhile, Sue and Puck, uh, Shu and Puck's, you know, room does not have an exit. Like, there is no way to solve the puzzle.
3: <laughs> or air. Yeah.
2: Puck isn't trying. Shoe is going insane. Because he can't yeah. figure it out. It doesn't make sense, because it doesn't.
3: Mm-hmm. And since Sue built it, the actual key is that he has to, like, use the pomade in his hair to somehow grease open a lock, and he never thinks of it.
2: I know. No. But you've got to admit, it's it's a damn good story.
3: Yeah. I'm in. Let's do it.
2: Let's do it. Or conversely, somebody else do it. Somebody yeah, actually, it. if yeah. someone
3: else could write this, that would be great. We've set it up. We to it link out. it in our inbox, or email us at... <laughs>
2: Glee on the rocks podcast at gmail.com. dot com. yeah. All
3: right,
1: so uh, anybody have a favorite favorite song this episode? I'm, I'm gonna be, be cliche and say four minutes. Mm,
3: mm-hmm. I liked like a prayer. Cl- i'm I'm all about like a prayer. interesting. I tend to like the songs at the end of the episode. I'm basic.
2: um I gotta understand that. Mandy, do you have a particular pre- reason for preference for four minutes? i I ask,
1: <laughs> I mean, obviously i'm just very into the cheerios choreography i mean that's what i thought yeah Um no i it's i like that chris got a chance to show off a little bit and in a way that was not either like played for melodramatic emotion or laughs because mm-hmm. most yeah. of his like most of his songs are either oh serious serious scene or you know he's kind of not being made fun of but you know His role in the episode's not Mm -hmm. always serious. So I I like that he legitimately just had a song that he and Amber, you know, got to kill on, you know, with choreography with all the extras.
3: Yep. Yeah, it was a big, fun scene and it looked great. (laughs) (laughs) Math, he's taken.
2: Um, I'm very well aware of that and that's fine. (laughs) I've got nothing he would appreciate. So
1: that's that's okay. That's that's the secondary part. um
2: there's also, also the also those but you know whatever um look i can appreciate a good hair swoop okay yeah and and a red polyester jumpsuit
3: That's uh, a little uh, too far i'm sorry <laughs> Gone a little too far all
1: right well did uh you may have like a particular line that stands out actually i i like the one you mentioned earlier where jesse's like you come out so we can about talk them. about our feelings or sing about them. Yeah,
3: it's so perfect.
1: It, it's perfect. it's
3: very exactly. like Rachel. It is. Um, I liked Sue's little monologue in the beginning where she was like, "And if that makes me a bitch, then okay." <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Yep, I agree. <laughs> because it's a very Rachel thing to say. She just loses that part of herself. Yeah. But, you know? I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do me for me. And then she, uh, she kind of, she loses it because men are writing this episode and men only think about themselves.
1: Gotta make sure we, like, focus on how important their days are.
3: Yep. Gotta make sure the men get involved here. Can't leave them out.
1: I am uncomfortable when not about me.
3: Yes. Exactly.
2: Oh, Burb. Oh, Burb. Um, okay, so how many, uh, how many Kevins are we, are we writing this episode?
3: I Uh, mean, he,
1: he did have like scenes. Yeah. But. Well, this is when we have to come
2: down to how are you rating these Kevins? Because if it's <laughs> like he was, in it, but did we want what we got of him?
3: Did we want it? I mean, for like quantity, it's like one and a half, maybe for quantity.
1: I, I feel like the Kevin scale is going to need to be like a combination of the two. Like quantity and quality. Yeah. We appreciate any quantity, but also we're going to grade quality a little bit better.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So like, the, the combo quality-quantity is maybe, like, a one, Kevin. Yeah. Because the quality yeah. was pretty shitty, but the quantity was a little better.
1: Like, basically, points yeah. for some Kevin, but we're not going to give <laughs> you all the credit unless it's, like, good Kevin. yeah
3: Points for showing up to the dance, negative points for spiking the punch. Yeah, exactly.
2: Well fucking said. Cool. Well, we took it. We took it. Uh, is there any... Any last thoughts or or comments or anything that we've uh, um, not talked about with this episode? <laughs> Just huh? fuck you. Always. That is That is the, the continued theme. Our, our podcast has more of a sustaining theme and, than, than the show does because our theme is, is fuck you.
1: I, I will say maybe for this episode, I'm going to amend that to be like, Emma, don't fuck you. Yes. But in the grand scheme,
3: sure. fuck you. Yes. Um, Only one very small final thing before we uh, sign off is that I, I can't remember if this is the first time this happens, but it's the time that um catches my attention the most. And it's in the very beginning when Sue was talking about how much she loves Madonna. She breaks the fourth wall by saying, even in her voiceover. And ah. I just think it's, I just think it's interesting that Glee is halfway into their first season and they're already... Poking fun at themselves, in a way, like they know exactly. that there's some ridiculous shit going on,
1: and that's one of the things that Glee, once in a while, when they tried, could do well. Like yes. that's kind of funny.
3: It is. I thought it was really funny. I was like, it's all a, right, yeah. Great. It's
1: a shame that they didn't really just like double down on that kind of like absurd humor. uh Yeah. To to like counteract the message of some of the episodes.
3: Agreed. Uh, agreed.
1: Travel. Well, with that, I think we've gone through.
2: Look at Madonna. A look at everybody else looking at Madonna. A look at everybody else looking at Madonna. Looking at everybody having teenage sex, and uh, the rest of us all feel like we should maybe either go take some showers or just. Uh, either way, uh, with yeah. that, I think we'll say uh, that's what you missed on Glee.
0: At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. And we know that it can get a little weird when things just don't work together. That's why Farmers lets you bundle your home and auto insurance together. And doesn't that sound nice? Bundle with Farmers today and you could save an average of 20% too. Talk about music to your ears. Visit farmers.com or call one 800 Farmers to get a quote today. We are farmers. Bum,
1: bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 Nationwide Average Savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates products not available in every state.
0: At Farmers Insurance, we know that a bundle of joy can sound like many different things. But to us, a bundle of joy sounds a little more like this. Because we know when you bundle your home and auto insurance with farmers, you could save an average of 20%. Really? My bundle of joy just makes a lot of drool. Ah, oh, the joys of parenthood. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are
1: farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers, truck, fire insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state.